0: Most of the episodes are in English, some are a mix of English and Spanish, and in a few, we only speak Spanish. I hope you enjoy, and remember to follow us on Instagram at keeptalkingco, or check out our website, keeptalking.co, to join our community and learn more about how we can help you. What's up, talkers? In this episode, I want to talk to you about some mistakes that I've made, sometimes that I've screwed up when I've been interpreting and translating. So for those of you who do not know, I, um, my main career or profession over the last eight or nine years has been as an English to Spanish or Spanish to English translator and interpreter. And most of it I've done in the medical field. So like with clinics and hospitals, etc., etc. And anyway, of course, when we're speaking another language, we, We always make mistakes. It happens to everyone, even when we're professionals at it, uh, which I have been for a long time now. So I wanted to share with you, there are eight that I thought of in particular, times where I just really messed up. Like sometimes I just translated incorrectly, completely. Other times are just more kind of funny times where you could tell that I was a gringo and didn't understand the, either the language or the culture well enough and kind of embarrassed myself when I was translating, interpreting, and or interpreting. Well, interpreting, actually. The, the correct way to say it is that translating is done when it's written, right? Traducción es escrita, ¿sí? And then interpreting, interpretación, is when people are talking, right? So, cuando estás interpretando lo que dice una persona a otra persona, Anyway, so these are interpreting mistakes is the correct way to say it. So let's just go ahead and get started. I'm going to explain each one of these scenarios and you'll probably laugh at some of them. Okay, so the first one I remember, this was probably seven or eight years ago. It was shortly after I had started interpreting. And I was working at a hospital, and there was a woman who she had just given birth to a baby. O sea, una mujer que recién, pues, uh, tuvo un un bebé, ¿verdad? Estuvo en el hospital todavía, como los días después del nacimiento, ¿correcto? It was just, you know, the days after the baby was born. And the doctor was talking to her about what they need to do, right? And so the doctor said... But there are no shots. And so I translated that as, pero no hay tiros. No hay tiros. And then the lady was looking at me like, como que? Que 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 que? Que no hay tiros? Como va a haber tiros? Because I'm sure she was thinking to herself, tiro, pues un tiro para mí es como un disparo. Cuando alguien, cuando alguien dispara. Eh, pues normalmente como un arma o no sé puede ser como un deporte, ¿verdad? cuando lanzan una pelota, pero cómo que no hay tiros? And she was looking at me like I was freaking crazy, and I'm, I'm kind of like looking at her like, oh, I don't know, no no, tiros, there's no shots, and luckily her husband was there, and so the husband was, he, he leaned over and said to her, que no te inyectan, no te van a inyectar, and then I was like, oh yeah, si, sí, si, sí, sí. no te van a inyectar, and it's funny because this is a mistake that a lot of us make, where I was directly translating or directly interpreting. Because, of course, in English we use the word shots to say injections in a medical setting. Like, I'm going to give you a shot of medication. I'm going to give you an injection of medication. But in Spanish, at least, I don't think most people use the word tiros to say una inyección medica so that was my first one, or well not necessarily the first one, but the first one I have in the list. The next one was really funny. I remember it was a different setting, obviously I was working with um, this guy I was translating for this guy, and all I remember <laughs> was asking him, ustedes la papa de Diana <laughs> listen to that again usted es la papa de Diana and I remember. <laughs> It was so embarrassing because he just kind of looked at me and laughed because, of course, I said la papa instead of el papa. And it's it's weird, though, for me, because there are some words in Spanish, like, you know, in English, obviously, we don't have masculine and feminine. No existe masculino y femenino uh, para el sustantivo, like for, you know, nouns in English. And so for me, anytime you have those those nouns in spanish like papa for example that end with an a but are masculine i always want to say it with la like la sistema la programa la papa (laughs) in este caso um, so, yeah, that was kind of funny. <laughs> no, el papa, el papa, Oh, yeah, my bad. Um, so, I don't know, they made Spanish difficult. That's one of the rare difficult things about Spanish. Aparte de eso, español es fácil, right? Spanish is fairly easy to learn, I think, but there are a couple of weird parts, and that's one of them. Another one that was really funny is um, I remember I walked into a room and I was interpreting for this young lady. She must have been like 20 years old. Literally. She was very young. And I walk into the room and I'm like, hola, señora, como esta? And she looked at me like, señorita, por favor, no soy una pinche señora. I think she was Mexican. That's why I'm using the word pinche. Anyway, but she didn't actually say that to me, but I know she was thinking it. Because she kind of looked at me and like was like, hey. She looked very offended. And I think, I can't remember if she had like a family member in there with her, but I definitely offended her by calling her señora. Next one I've got on the list was kind of a similar situation. I remember, it's funny, because I remember there were like two um, younger women, probably in their 20s, right? I think they were sisters or something. But I remember um, the doctor was asking the patient, uh, one of the sisters, if she was right-handed or left-handed. And so I said, es diestra o zurda? And she kind of looked at me and laughed, like, she got what I meant. ¿Entendió lo que, lo que yo estaba preguntando, right? But, like, they both started laughing. They kind of looked at me and laughed, and then they looked at each other and laughed, and were just kind of thinking, like, ah, este gringo. Because I believe that the word diestro or diestra... Like maybe in like Shakespearean Spanish from Spain does mean like derecho or derecha like I'm right handed, you know. I mean of course now I know that in general in Latino America, basically if you wanna ask someone if they're right handed or left handed, you can just say eres derecho o zurdo, right? But I thought that the best way to say it was diestro. Diestro or diestra. So anyway, I learned that I shouldn't go by the... I don't even know where I learned that. I think it was some dumb, like, translation book. And it's told me to say diestro instead of just derecho for right-handed. So, yeah. I, I want to say that diestro... Some people are probably listening to this and they're like, no, diestro significa esto. Because I think maybe diestro means, like, muy... como... muy hábil, o que tiene muchas habilidades, mucha... What's the word? Like, very skilled... Uh, maybe I'm totally wrong. I don't know. Ignore that last part. I have no idea. No idea what I'm talking about. All right, the next one on the list is when I was interpreting at this vaccine clinic. So there were like various patients, various Spanish speakers, and so I was working with a lot of different groups. And they actually had like me and two other interpreters. And I remember one of the other interpreters was from Colombia, actually, and. He, um, he heard me talking to this family because what was happening was, like, the clinic was ending and they were going to have, I think, he was going to stay for a little bit longer because they still needed one interpreter, but they were going to let me go, right? They, like, the clinic staff was going to let me go home. They didn't need me anymore. gentlemen a dejar, ir a la casa, ¿verdad? And so <laughs> I remember I walked up to this one family and I'm like, um, algo más uh, no no está bien And then I'm like <laughs> okay está bien yo creo que me van a despedir entonces and <laughs> I remember um, they kind of looked at me weird and I'm like what I don't know so then I just walked away and um, Juan Pablo is his name the Colombian interpreter heard me and he goes hey Sean um, when you say creo que me van a despedir that means like they're going to fire me I think they're going to fire me right and he said you should just say creo que me van a dejar ir me van a dejar ir. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's why they were looking at me weird. Because it confused me. Because when I, like, okay, the word despedir, to despedir, des, de, My bad. To despedirse is like to say goodbye, right? Like, I've heard people say that. Like, bueno, está bien, yo me despido, right? Or, yo me despidi, yo me despedi. Is that how you say it? Yo me despedi, yo me despide en el pasado. Uff. Verbus irregulares. ¿Qué vamos a hacer? Anyway, despedirse is like to say goodbye, right? So I thought that it was the same thing. Like if someone was despidiéndome, they were like letting me go or telling me bye. But apparently it means to fire. So I'm always careful with that now. Like, see, sí, le despidieron. Like they fired her from the job. Or la despidieron. You know what I mean. Yeah. I also get confused with my les and my las sometimes as well. But the point is... They thought that I was going to get fired for some random reason. So, the next one, and this is a really subtle one, muy sutil, see? Muy delicado. And I don't even know, like, I don't even know if this is the wrong way to say it or if it depends on the country. But what I've noticed is that the direct translation, this is not one specific instance, but over the years I've noticed that the direct translation of you do not have to do that. Como que no es necesario hacer esto. The direct translation of that doesn't sound very good in Spanish. For example, if someone says, "No, you don't have to do that," if I translate that as "No, no tienes que hacer esto. Or, no tienes que hacer esto," I think it sounds stronger in Spanish. Like it's como más fuerte. It sounds like more. Um, like negative or almost like scolding or insulting, I, I feel like they use it the same way we would say, "Hey, you can't do that." Because like I hear people say that to their kids a lot. They'll be like, "Oh yeah, no tienes que hacer esto," um, and like in English, we don't say, "Hey, you don't have to do that." Like, "You don't have to do that" sounds more like just being nice. It's like, okay, you know, yeah, you don't have to do that. It's not necessary. But in español, yo creo que no tienes que hacer esto, means like, hey, you can't do that, if that makes sense, right? And I don't know if this is just like a Mexican and Central American thing. Um, I'm not sure if it might be different in Colombia or in South America. But I have noticed that whenever I say that, it doesn't really seem to go very well with people. No tienes que hacer esto. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm making any sense right now. But just another little thing that I've picked up on. And actually, here, I've also noticed, like, the word afectar, for example. Afectar. I've learned that afectar in Spanish always has a negative connotation to it. Like, if you say it won't affect anything, then it always, like, afectar, como que no va a afectar nada. Or, Eso sí va a afectar mucho. We're always saying afectar de, en un sentido negativo. But in English, to affect something can... I think it's maybe used more negative than positive, but it can actually mean a positive thing sometimes as well. As I understand it. Who knows? I'm not even an English language expert. But el punto es que to affect in English doesn't always necessarily mean it affects something negatively. Y me parece que en español, afectar siempre es como que un efecto negativo, si me explico. Anyway, I think I'm probably losing everyone here. They're like, Sean, you're born the hell out of us. Okay, I got two more on this list here. So, this was a funny one. I remember it was like my first year of interpreting and my Spanish was pretty good, but like I still, you know, as, as a gringo, we never understand everything perfectly, right? Cuando no es tu primer idioma, no vas a entender 100%, especialmente si están hablando de una forma rara o muy rápido o con un dentista metiendo todos los aparatos en la boca, ¿verdad? So I was interpreting at a dentist. And I remember it was for this mom. She was there with, she had a baby with her, right? And, um, she was had, being operated on by the dentist, just doing like a filling or something like that, right? Con un relleno en ¿verdad? Algo sencillo en la boca. And so she was trying to talk to me, and it was obviously hard to hear, right? Because she's got all this, hard to understand when she has all these things in her mouth. And all she was trying to do was ask, uh, basically, um... Este relleno le va, o lo que me están haciendo en la boca va a afectar, there's that word afectar again, va a afectar um, la leche materna cuando estoy dando pecho al bebé. That's what she was trying to ask, you know, is the dental filling, what they're doing going to affect her breast milk for her baby? And I just could not freaking understand what she was saying. I had to repeat it like three times. And then finally, all I gathered was that she's asking about the milk. Right? And then, so I'm like looking over at the baby because the baby is sitting there in like the little, you know, bassinet or whatever they call it. And then I just asked her, okay, donde está la leche? Because I thought she wanted me to like do something with the baby's milk, maybe give the baby the milk or something. And then she's like, no. And the dentist, who understood some Spanish and was understanding more than me that day, <laughs> turns to me and goes, no. It will not affect her breast milk. Please sit down. Como que me regañó fuerte. It was so funny. So, yeah. The dentist was not happy at me. I don't think I ever worked at that clinic again. They probably didn't want me back. And the lady was kind of just like, you know, laughing. Everything was fine. But um, that was really funny and that was really embarrassing for me. ¿Dónde está la leche? ¿Se le voy a dar bebé? Cállate, siéntate, gringo. <laughs> anyway, um, and then the last one, this is actually not related to interpreting. This was something that I actually learned when I was in Colombia. And it's really funny because when I was in Colombia, I had already been an interpreter for like four or five years. But there are these little subtle things that sometimes we don't realize when we're speaking a second language. I did not know the difference between ir and irse. I did not know that irse always be, basically always means to leave the current place. If that makes sense, como que me voy a ir, means I'm leaving this place right now. I thought it could be used the same way as ir, like to go to an event, right? And I remember I was sitting there, it was it was like I was on a date, right? I was like sitting there with this girl from Colombia, and she was talking to me about an event that was going to be happening in like, you know, the next week or something like that. And so I just asked her, ¿Te vas a ir? And she's like, what? Como que no, no me voy, la comida no llegó <laughs> we we're going to eat soon of course I'm not going to leave, right and then I'm like well, no, 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 yo quería decir vas, te vas a ir al evento and she's like, ah, no, no, no no puedes decir te vas a ir al evento es, vas a ir al evento solamente so anyway, those little subtle differences those reflexive verbs I don't know, I'm sure there are things in English like this for some of you listeners as well And you just have to keep getting more and more used to the language and hopefully native speakers will correct your mistakes like they've done to some of mine, at least in the past. Y bueno, ahora me voy, yo me voy a despedir. I hope I'm using that right. Anyway, that's all for this episode. Thank you, talkers. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening, Talkers. Remember that Keep Talking is the best platform for you to reach an advanced level of English fluency and connect with a global community. Remember to follow us on Instagram at keeptalkingco and check out our website keeptalking.co to join our community and